Guys, what is happening and welcome to another episode of the Flip the Mindset podcast, a platform of hope for people struggling with the pressures of modern day society, hope that they can get back from even the darkest of places. Today we have got Mr. Paul Pettigrew, comes from Greenock. Um, I spent a lot of, Greenock or Port Glasgow? Port Glasgow, I'll get Port, slaughtered Port, for right, that. Okay, yeah, you <laughs> will get slaughtered for that. I spent a lot of time in both places, obviously Aye. playing junior football and, and for Morton. So, Paul is founder of Gam Talk. Now, I'm sure you've heard of Gam Talk. It's a gambling prevention service. Um, it's everywhere the now. Um, and I, I wanted Paul on actually when 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 um, our platform was bigger. It's someone who had their like a platform's big, like much larger than it was before. But I wanted Paul on because I think his message is so important. It's something I'm really, really passionate on. So I wanted him on when we had, you know, millions of viewers, you know what I mean? And I think it's something that, you know, I hope it's something that you take. Well, Al Jazeera last night. Aye, mental. How did it feel to be on Al Jazeera? Mental. It wasn't until, I didn't realise how big they were until I went and looked at like 7 million followers on Twitter and 2.5 million on Instagram. And aye, it was mental. It was good, but. A Saudi Arabian news channel. And I don't you're know how they there found just me. talking about <laughs> How did they find you? What? I don't know. It was a message on Twitter. I went on. I had, I had a request, and I thought it was spam at first, and then looked at it, and I was like, ah, aye. You thought it was a mad con, a con, <laughs> a con page, weren't you? Like that? Details after it. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what? They just set it up, and then bang. Right I on? set it up, and I was on the next night. Aye, it was brilliant. It was on half ten last night. And it did so. What was what was their narrative? What were they kind of pushing? They were quite stringent. Like they they made sure I wore a shirt, which I hate. I always said, um, just be yourself, but stuck a shirt on with shorts on underneath it. I've seen that, you had your Joma shorts <laughs> on, didn't you? <laughs> um, but it was more like related to gambling sponsorship and football, which is a subject that I've probably not spoke a lot about, but um, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about it anyway. Uh, so I was kind of more of what it was about, and then they asked a bit about Gam Talk at the end as well. Love it. So before we go into what life was like and all that growing up and go into some of your experiences, mm-hmm. tell us fully, explain in detail, what is Gam Talk? It's a prevention service for young people to hopefully, the aim behind it is prevention is better than cure. A motto when I set it up was don't gamble with your future. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that if you can give young people a positive message when they're younger that they can relate to and it's authentic, they'll carry it through their life. I've had things that I've been taught when I was literally a toddler that I've took through my whole life as well. Yeah. And messages in football that I've took through my whole life. Um, I think I want to have to top my head. Like football related, um, James Doherty from Greenock. Do you yeah, know him? He's, he's a main man and yeah, he's the best, him, um, best coach I've ever worked with or seen. Uh, and when I was younger, he took me anywhere he went to go on trial to just give me a chance. I think he just liked me. I was a hard worker and... Um, but I would always turn and get a ball took off me and he was like, Petty, check your mirrors. And it stuck with me from that. I didn't even need to ask what he meant, just check your mirrors. And I'm, anytime I watch young people now, I'm looking like, I go to my nephew's games and I'm seeing the boys in the middle of the park that are like, here and there checking it. And I'm like, aye, he can be a player. And it's just something that stuck by me my whole life. That's saying behind it, do you know what I mean? If you can give people a positive message, then it will stick with them. The first time they ever go to a bookies. What I hope is that people gamble safely. But if they feel something going out of hand, I think, I remember that guy coming to school, or that guy coming to the academy that day and spoke about it. I don't want to be like him. Simple as that. Yeah, I like that. I like that, walking down to the bookies and and, and you're maybe about to spend, for instance, 30 quid of your mo's, your mo's a lucky money. Aye. And you remember Paul Gam talk. 
right, okay, mm-hmm. and you maybe just go to the gym instead. Hard decision to make when you're addicted, Aye. as we've been there. So this means a lot to me, mate, this episode. That's why um, it's brilliant to have you on. It means a lot to me because I, I really struggled with gambling. It's not something I've talk, spoke about um, in depth yet. I did on my first episode, I spoke a wee bit about it, but not something I've had the chance to go into depth with Aye. with someone. And when I had John Hartson on, I just let him kind of speak about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we can have a great discussion about it. You know, both give points, both give stories, um, um, and, and just reflect as well. Look how far you've came now, Aye. you know, and, and from... You'll, you'll be thinking out from where you were to them moments leading up to the suicide and attempt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty inspirational, bro. Aye, cheers. I appreciate it's, it. It's pretty inspirational. So what's been happening then? Through lockdown, you've been speaking in schools, you've been on Skype, you've Aye. been, what's been going on? So I started a service that the aim behind it is to speak to young people in schools, sports clubs and youth groups. And I started it in a time where schools, youth groups and sports clubs were all <laughs> shut. So my timing was horrendous. Yeah. So, but to be honest, it was brilliant. It made me, I had to be creative and I just went out on the streets for a week. I thought to myself, there's not enough awareness about gambling and it's a pure taboo subject and nobody wants to talk about. So I was always waiting. This idea has been in my head for years. And I thought to myself, right, nobody else is raising that awareness. I need to go and, and do it. And then from there, I can kind of talk about a service that I want to do. So I went, slept on the streets nearly a year ago. And um, from there, just overnight, everybody picked up on it. Loads of people started following. Different kind of news things get a hold of it. And from there, I pretty much within a week, it was, I was starting to get opportunities to go into schools and stuff whenever they opened back up. Wood Farm High School was the first secondary school to ever have me in, so mm-hmm. I'll always kind of appreciate Shout them. Shout out to them. Aye, and uh, you know what it's like, probably first thing you ever did, that's the first time I went in, man, I was shaking like a leaf, because young people are so intimidating. I was I, I was a wee dick when I was younger. I would have been launching stuff at people and getting kicked out, mm-hmm. and I was waiting for that wee guy to be here. It's just being as relatable as you can right from the start. So when I go in, I've got like visuals behind me, but they're not bullet points and I don't follow a screen I don't wear a shirt and tie because right away you lose young people oh yeah you just need to get a story right away so they think that they can see themselves in you do you know what I mean um but I love it mate I, I honestly I love it that's a that's the best part about it going into any presentations in school they literally need to see you as one of the trips the day, not mate. one of the trips then you, you don't matter to them at that Aye. moment because they can't relate to anyone out of school or businessmen and that because they're not Aye. and um it's interesting you say about there was no one to raising awareness, right? So you've got all the addiction groups and all that kind of stuff and Gamblers Anonymous, but mm. I feel like any addiction, especially gambling addiction recovery, is seriously disrespected because so many people view it ignorantly and view it as, he doesn't want to gamble, he just doesn't need to go to the bookies, mate. Aye. Just, what are you doing? You know what I mean? All that stuff, because it gets said to me off my mates. Mm. Remember I have my mate Kieran come into the bookies one time and I'm sitting in there and I used it as an escape addiction, of course, but I used it as an escape. I was happiest when I was in them bookies playing them machines, basically, uh, right? Whether it was on demo mode or putting cash in. And I came in, he used to go, what are you doing? So you're, you're up your arsehole and all that stuff. And uh, I get mad with me and see things like that, not knowing I was addicted. Uh, I'm so ignorant towards it. We really are. And you see it now. You uh, still see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure probably in some of your posts you've had it as well. Um, we've got that, that that ignorance that we've had to mental health for so many years, Aye. and these are just this is just another serious, another huge 
life-destroying problem that we need to get fixed, like mental health, alcohol addiction, drug addiction. Aye, aye. It's it, it's so important. So hats off to you. I seen a tweet um, with a head teacher just the other day, I think it was, aye. saying how good your presentations actually are. How, what goes into what goes into it? How, how much do, how much do you put into into your presentations? To be honest, right, I remember before I went and did my first one in that school, I spent weeks like pulling the hair out of my head trying to get facts together and statistics and trying to sound smart. And it wasn't until about two days before it I was like, just I need to just be myself. Like I've always been that way. If something's gonna fail, some people take it as ignorance, like you don't take advice and things like that. But if I fail it and I at least want to know that it was through my choice, do you mm. know what I mean? I thought, just go and tell your story. You don't need to be fancy about it. And um, that's what it is. I just gave, obviously it needs to be age appropriate. Um, you can't speak so in depth about gambling to a 13 year old because they've not experienced it yet. So that's yeah. kind of an introduction to gambling. What is, what is safe gambling and what's my, what was my gambling? Um, show them the difference. But more importantly, how they can so easily leave school and end up in the situation I was in. And the most important, how to prevent against it, how to self-identify a problem within yourself. Yeah. I love it. it. It's so important, and I want to to tell everyone before we go into um, the life of Paul that that to get behind us, literally, go follow him now. Pause this podcast. Go follow him. Go follow Gam Talk. You know, and get behind it because we need it. You Thank know, you, we, we we do need it. So, growing up in Port Glasgow, Aye. what was life like? What what what? What were you like? I love it, up? mate. I love where I'm from. Honestly, it gets slated all the time. But it's I, mental. I, I, it's mental, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, just a normal background, you know what I mean? Like my mum and dad, uh, my dad ran his own business and I really struggled when we were younger. Um, put a lot of kind of financial pressure on my mum and dad, but we never struggled for anything. I get football boots whenever I needed them. We went, the holidays kind of dried up towards the end, but we were never struggling, do you know what I mean? So I don't try to put a sympathy case out there because I know a lot of people, even in my own friend group, they struggled a lot more than what I did. Um, football was my life, mate. Like just like so many other young young guys, it was all I ever wanted to do. One thing I will credit myself for is I was really dedicated when I was young. Like I'd be running before school, after school. I, I was never great technically. I've never been the best player in any football team I've been at or in my year group but I worked really hard at it I never drank until I was 18 which from a port is quite an achievement yeah, so I mean. one. Um, but I just dedicated my life to that in school I loved school it was the best time of my life it will never be beaten and it was just what mad. was it St Stephen's St Stephen's I I have the same pals then that I will now that I will my whole life and they're mental they are they're mental but it's it's made me a person that I'm growing up and being in school at that time as well. Um, you're a product of your environment, ain't you? Yeah. I think a lot of people have dreams, especially around, so I was just across the water for you guys, but we used to play St. Stephen's all the time. What a team you've had, by the way, football team every mm -hmm. year. I think young people, especially in, uh, in these kind of places, um, growing up we have dreams, right? Especially young boys. So we have big dreams growing up or 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 we'd like to think we do and then when their dreams don't work out or we realize the harsh reality of life or how mm. or how harsh life can be i feel we get disconnected from life disconnected Aye. from the world i saw it and lost did you have big dreams growing up and were they shattered at all a hundred percent i was always i would say i was like known in my 
age group for being the one that didn't drink and that always went running because he wanted to, to, to do something in football. So then when I got like just crushed and took away from under my feet, it was traumatic. But you just dust it off and you kid on it doesn't really bother you. But yeah, I was I was heartbroken to be honest. I felt like I'd let myself down and I'd let a lot of other people down and Aye, it was it was really really tough. Um, plus, as well, something that I don't think I ever get spoke about a lot is leaving school. For me, was horrendous. Like, mm-hmm. you wear the same uniform, you go in the same, you've got a routine for you every single day. For me as well, it was easier for me. I was quite quite popular in school, and uh, leaving was just horrendous. Like everybody starting to go their separate ways, and I've never liked change. I've never been able to mm-hmm. deal with it well. So I I was I was lost a year that I left school, hundred percent. What what went on? So when you you left school, obviously we are humans love we're creatures of habitat, aren't we, man? Aye. We don't we don't like change. Um and and that's natural for us, you know. Mm. So don't beat yourself up about that. But what was what happened in that period? What went on? Well, my pals went and get good apprenticeships and jobs and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, so I was kinda just winging it and I thought, right, I'll try get myself into uni. But I had a bastard head teacher who didn't like me and I get three A's and a B in my hires uh, and I get good. No- I three A's and a B and I get knocked back from the five unis that I applied to and he was my referral uh, he was my referral and I mean that's the only reason that, that can happen do you know what I mean wow. uh, so that was a bit of a setback so I had to go to college and I just I was doing a course that to be honest I did in sixth year and so I couldn't get into it at all I started gambling and from the first time I started gambling, I was hooked, 100% hooked. What was that moment? Went to a casino in Glasgow, me and my pal, um, I think he had been with his dad before or something and they said, do you want to go to a casino? We were going out later at night and I think we were just ready early and he's like, I'll drive up, we'll fire in, no problem. So went to Riverboat and I honestly mean this kind of like, I'd, I didn't know that there was casinos in Scotland. That was how little my knowledge was of gambling, really, and that were just words to me. So we went in, and just right away, it looks pure. It looks like something that a James Bond film, and right away, you're, you know, settings cracking and everything. So I went in with £100, and I was always a show-off when I was younger as well. It's a bit embarrassing to admit, but I was always like that. And I went in, and while he was putting on £10 bets, I was like, ah, fuck it, £100 down. That, was, that would have been the money I'd have had for about three weeks. <laughs> on it, it really would have been I think it was my EMA when I left school or something £100 down on red and that's all I did all night £100 in red and it came back and I didn't know what and the dealer put like the same amount of chips and my mates that's £200 I was like £200 on red yeah. left with £1,000 wow. and I remember in the car on the way down he's like are you going to stop counting that I was like ah man fucking you're here there's 20 quid petrol money and that do you know what I mean thought I was minted only 20 quid man what the hell now and and I, I swear vividly, I remember getting in and my mum was ironing. And uh, she's like, where were you? I said, me and Danny went to a casino. And I was like, here. Here's 20 quid for a new iron then. <laughs> I was like, um, here, 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 like a couple of quid. And she's like, I'm not taking No way, you gave her 20 quid. You did not give her a couple of quid, no way. You've just outed me, so I had to say a couple No, I went in. I honestly gave her a couple of quid and... Because I knew they were, they were struggling at the time, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was, and that was a great feeling, man. I was like, all right, that's brilliant. Because when I was in school and I would hear the arguments and I would hear how much they were struggling and it killed me inside, man. But you're too young to do it, but you can't go out and really make money in. So I always said in school, 
I'm going to let them retire by the time they're 60. Do you know what I mean? Mum and dad were a bit older. I want to let them retire by the time I'm at age I'm at now. Uh, whatever it is I'm doing, if it's football, if it's something in business, I always liked business. Uh, obviously, I couldn't do that at that time, but to go in and get a, a mortgage payment or something was good. Booked a holiday to Magaluf, which is always ideal yep. as well. Yeah. Um, and then from there, mate, I was like, all right, I'm keeping 200 quid and I'm going there next Friday. So the same thing happened. We went next Friday and it's so contrasting because my pal was losing and I was winning and he never got a problem and I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was it, mate. I, a couple of, we went a couple of Fridays in a row and then I'd say it was maybe only three or four mm-hmm. before I then got online and started going to bookies and that as well. And then machines. I've not been in like a bookies playing since it's been done to at like £2 thing. But when they were up at £100, man, well, they used to rob me of money. Um, what do you call them? Eh? Roulette machines, basically. Yeah, yeah. Fob tees or something. I uh, once you go on them and that, you were good. machines or something? Aye, something like that, mate. Um, aye, it's, it's mental you say that because I was I was much the same. Uh, and, and I remember one time actually sitting down and thinking about it when I was recovering from, 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 from my kind of suicidal period and stuff. But I was thinking I used to go in with maybe seven hundred pound and give it to my ma, maybe give something money if you're whatever, right? And uh, I would it would be some of the proudest moments of my life. Now, I'd probably spent about two grand getting the seven hundred. But see going in with a wad of seven hundred thinking I've got it easy Aye. and giving it to my ma because we didn't have much either, you know. It was just me and my ma at that time. It's weird the things you do and you can trick yourself into believing that you know, like what it was, it was ridiculous when you when you think about it. But Aye. you're addicted. You just think it's that maybe that chemical reaction, don't you? That it just goes like that when you get that phenomenal moment. I can't actually remember my first, my first time, but I, I, I did know I won. You know, I definitely mm. won. And um, I think it was with all the boys in Ladbrokes, and I must have won round the same seven hundred, eight hundred quid off the machines. I didn't play really play roulette no. I didn't really like it it wasn't my thing mm-hmm. it was the games you no, see the like games, and games getting and on the boards no. not even the casino games you go into Ladbrokes and you play the aye the casino bit no. um, where you've got like fish and frenzy oh, and all them old school yeah. things and no. gold, what was that gold the Irish Irish frenzy and oh, the yeah, yeah. thing fortunes of gold wheels of gold <laughs> or whatever it was and I would play to get on the board aye. now literally for a long long time it was to get on the board and I didn't know it was for money I was doing it. Do you know that way? Or for addiction. For a long, long time I thought, I love, I'm an addictive personality like yourself. I love PlayStation and all that kind of stuff. love games. When I went in there, literally from life, I don't know if you were the same, that time in the, it was mostly bookies for me, not casinos. Mm. That was the greatest times of my life. That was at them moments. Aye. Do you know what I mean? I Aye. didn't. Feel, I felt safe in there. Aye. I felt really, really safe in there. I felt like I was almost doing something I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Even though you're not, you know, you're not good at it. You I can't know. be better than a bookie. And I felt, and it's weird. I would stay in there instead of going to my friends. Aye, that word safe is spot on. I, I try to describe it as like I was just running away from life. And inside the bookies was where people couldn't touch me. And I was just, mm-hmm. could take a sigh of relief and I was all right. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, things chasing me were money and no, I didn't want it. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Relationships were falling apart. But when I was in there, I didn't care about it. I'd mm-hmm. go over, I'd, I'd have the auto play on the machines while I was over picking my coupon for the next day. And 
Oh, it was, a, uh, it was horrendous when you look back on it, man. Yeah, multitasking in the bookies. Uh, uh, Looking uh, at the horse racing, right? Well, putting a book, putting a coupon on for football mm-hmm. while you're on autoplay on your machine. Aye. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Here's a question. Don't know if you've been asked before. Did you feel bad or did you feel shit when you were losing? See, make it you were on the machines mm-hmm. and and you you're playing a, a machine, you've got it in autoplay. Aye. Right? And then if you didn't what you didn't get a board for a hundred quid, mm-hmm. what was going on in your mind? What was Whenever I lost, so if I'd put fifty pounds in the machine, see when I did that last spin and my balance was zero, there was a there was a numb that's what it was. It was numb. I, I remember I would so say it land, say I'd fifty pound on black and it landed on a red number. I'd be staring at a screen for it felt like a minute. It was a second, and time would just stop and it would just be the most deflating feeling I can ever explain in the world. And the thing is as well, I think what people don't understand about gambling is like you're up here when not even just when you're winning when that ball's spinning. Say it's roulette when that ball's spinning. You're up here and then when you lose that. It's rock bottom and your brain's just all over the place, man. Um, Is that when you lost the last bit of money? So I you went, had to when go I, home? No, it was just, do you know what it what was? What about you before that? The losses before the Did, small no, losses? No, I didn't care. As long, yeah, as, there was, I mean, as, yeah. long as there was still something yeah. there. To, oh, sorry. As long as there was still something there to play with. See, that was the same as me. Hmm. That last £20, I would mm-hmm. then go home numb. Yeah, not I, really thinking anything. You're, you're going in your head, why did I do that? Why did I do that? So stupid, so stupid. But you feel a sense of, no, you feel a sense of something. It was, uh, I don't know, I like see that feeling losing, man. It was, it was horrendous. But then at the same time, see if I'd won. I got to a point though where I'd won um, like thousands, and I'm talking up to eight, nine, ten thousand on online accounts. Or I'd be in the bookies, and I'd have put a hundred pound in and got a five hundred pound. The only way that I would have walked to the bookies with any money was if it was shutting. Like I was that bad where I would build up a balance, and then I always remember being in like Betfred in the port town it was actually one of my pals partners now who worked in there at the time um and I've had that discussion with her as well like she would say we knew that we could look at the screen and we knew that didn't matter what was in it you weren't taking that out unless it was shutting time mm-hmm. but then see see if I won and the bookies were shutting at 10 I swear to god I would take whatever I had out and if it was over a hundred pound I would drive for the port town up to the river boat anything I just just that? kept going yeah. Even I couldn't get to sleep when I had money in an so online account. If the bookies account. closed at ten o'clock, you would be. Right if up I didn't have money, if I didn't have money in a, a bank, I'd be because I could, then I couldn't gamble online. I'd be going to, I'd be going to casino. I couldn't stop. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's mad the, the contrast between our, our both stories. With I think the only reason I left was when I won a substantial amount, mm-hmm. and that's really. So I'm talking about unless I was two grand up. Mm-hmm. And I think I put that in my head. So because you're never normally two grand up uh, unless you're at the casino. Uh, so in Ladbrokes, unless I was maybe two grand up, I wouldn't leave or sixteen hundred. Then I would leave, but I would think about it all day. Uh, and I'd be with my friends. Finally, my pop, oh fucking, well, you're at bookies again. You're at the bookies, mm. oh I but 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 this, but look, but look at mm. all the money. You want some drinks and all that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, when literally I'm with them and I need to know I'm thinking this is bookies. Mm. Oh, I'm thinking about me. It was terrible. Mm. Plagued my head. But it's interesting to see you would just never left. There mm-hmm. was times when I went down to Ladbrokes because I'm from Dunham, just across from you. Mm-hmm. And it, he watches this. And when I, when I did do my first one, Dave, um, he was a great guy to me in the bookies. Um, and he always could try to get me to leave. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, when people Aye. didn't. 
And there were sometimes I went in and met him, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't meet him. He'd be in there and I'd leave at 10 o'clock at night. Aye. Literally, I would just sit there all day. If I didn't have money, I would play the demo. Do you know? Aye. He would just go, can I get the demo? And they would give you the key. Aye. So they ended up just giving me the key and Aye. I would just keep I remember me, my, the demo. me and my pal. And there was a couple of us, you know, there was a few years that were bad. I, I mean, I was worse than any of them, I think. Uh, you don't really know behind the scenes, but I was probably worse. But there was a few years that every day... One o'clock, I'd finish out my dad in the shop and we'd all meet at about his forays and we'd be here religiously Monday to Friday. Uh, but we used to look at older guys who were in there where they would get their dinner. They would go into a co next door, buy a microwave meal, get it to a woman behind the counter. She would make it for them and a cup of tea and they'd be sitting there eating their dinner. I remember looking and thinking, he just man, I used to really, really look down on them to the point where I was almost angry. Like, you are older guys, you've not got a life. And about a year later, man, I was walking in the door and a woman was putting a kettle on, making me a cup of tea in it. And I remember going like, how have I got here? How has this happened? How am I here now? Do you know what I mean? And I know that sounds probably a bit dramatic, but see, at that time in my life, I used to look in the mirror and I used to understand that phrase where you can't recognise yourself anymore. I was looking, I was like, I don't even know what this guy's all about, what he's capable of, where he's going, nothing I hated. I, I hated myself. I hated everything about me. Mm-hmm. The way I looked, sounded. I mean, I couldn't even listen to my. See if like somebody took a video. I mean, I, I really pissed me off because I hated the way I sounded. Things like that. Do you know the way it muddled with my head was incredible. Your only identity was the gambling. No, that was. I just lived to gamble. It's 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 mad, and it's it's nice to talk to someone who's been through. So it's not something I've really talked to anyone about because, and as honest as I am in my channel, I've just not met anyone in the same level and Aye. you were probably worse than me and um, well maybe mm-hmm. um what i want to say is you recovered sorted your life out and you're doing so much good i think there's people many many people thousands and i know people by hand that i could count in my hand right now who i talked to through flipping mindset who are doing what we done still now no for the last so you've stopped for how many years yeah, a few now, about three and a half, They've four. been doing that the whole time. Aye. Just managing it better than we did. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. What what advice do you have for these guys? Because, you know, you know like going home, spending half their wages and the way home and only going home because their missus is driving and getting them out and they're going, Aye. oh, I've only spent a wee bit, stuff like that. Do you mean if, like people who continue to just date or do you mean people so who get under control? It. So they've they're got managing the huge, it. they've got the problem we had, mm-hmm. they're hiding it better. Or they're not realising. So I know a couple of people now, as I say, there's a lot of people who follow me with all the problems we talk about. And we're watching this and I know a couple of people who are in where we were. Mm-hmm. Casinos. Right. Sober. You know, when they open. Boom. Casino. Um, constantly waiting for their paycheck in the bookie straight away. when they're, And sometimes, you know, the missus and that will be home like they'll know and then missus will be travelling in bookies to try and pick them up so they'll go into the tune and they'll be in one of the bookies in the tune whether it's Collar or Ladbrokes and then they're going home with maybe a quarter of their paycheck and stuff like that and then either their missus are carrying them through or their families carrying them through that week there's there's, there's thousands you know so it's just such a vicious cycle you just if, if I could do anything for people it would be try take them to to that point where you're maybe a year and a half, two years over it and let them see, let them like get in your body and feel how much better life is and see how much mm-hmm. better life is. If I, I would be my one gift to anybody to try. And I know that's obviously impossible and it's so difficult to try to get through to people how much better life is. Like mm-hmm. my dad, man, God bless him, honestly, he 
just I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my daddy way he's just so wise and calm my mom's after nuts she'll just go mental right but my dad would just I'd be screaming and bawling and shouting and he would just come and talk to me about it and he used to just tell me how much better life would be after gambling and how I'd be, I would be able to stop and I would be like dad you don't understand I'm more addicted to this than anybody that's ever been alive and I truly believe that that I was the worst gambler that had ever lived and it's mental just what your brain will tell you today but I he, he just it was uh, he was the reason I, um, I got better yes there was a our um a Chinese guy that owned a um uh takeaway. Aye. And um obviously the takeaway done well and he used to spend most of his takeaways earnings and the bookies, he'd be there while they were doing the shift Aye. every day. Um I know that it's just it's, it's a bit heartbreaking to think back because I used to watch it and then not even think that'll be me soon. Aye. Didn't think I was because he literally was sitting there all, all the time, always what you would be in his kind of um cooking stuff and that his work clothes and he would just have wads of cash. I mean big wads of cash. Aye. And he's obviously just took it to the tell. Two things there, like I remember like some of the stories, man, some of the things I used to see in that casino were honestly frightening guys like They'd go in with a, a bag, like, see, if I fit my bag, I've got cash. I'd be like, ah, what's going on here? And then you would get them um, big chips. I mean, if I'd, what colour were they, man? Were they the red? Big blue 600 pound ones. Hey, like, they would have them, but I thought I was mad if I had the pinks. Do you know what I mean? The 100 pound ones. But they would they would be jumping about with these things that I don't even know how they carried them. They were like, ah, solid. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they, were, they were sticking them on and that. And I used to think, what is going on here, man? But mm-hmm. something I actually picked up on, what you said, um, a guy that was in the, the boogies that was always nice to you. I had a, a boy that I've always wanted to see him again, but obviously I've not been back to casino. He worked in the riverboat. Richard, I'm sure his name was. See, whenever I went in, he wasn't much older than me. He was maybe a bit fairy. He would make me feel horrible for being there. He would stare at me and he would look down at me and he would be like, shake his head. Mm-hmm. And I used to feel ashamed and I'd see on the way up, I'd be driving up and I'd be praying that he wasn't working because he made me feel that way. And then, I look back now and I go, ah, he was trying to get across to me. You know, you're in a bad way here. You're 18 and you're coming here four and five nights a week. Like, you need to get a grip of yourself. Um, so I always respect people like that because there's others who are vultures. I, I get preyed on. Mm-hmm. I was 18 and uh, I was going to Abuki's four nights a week minimum. And I wasn't spending £50. I was spending a good bit of money. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and... I was getting invited to Christmas dinners with managers. So I get invited to a Christmas dinner with a manager, me and my girlfriend at the time, shirt and tie on, she nice dress and that on, and we were sitting there like, ah, we're at, we're at Doug's box here, do you know what I mean? Get up to the casino for us. And it wasn't that, there was probably about 40, 50 people at this table, and I was one of them was invited there. Who, who does that? Do you know what I mean? That's praying on people. Emotions on the table, man. Aye, you know mate, I mean? a bonus on the table. It's mental. Like they should have been saying to me here, you're limited now to one night a week. Mm-hmm. A woman that owns a, a pub in my local area, Karen, amazing woman. When I started this up, she gave me five hundred pound just for nothing. What nothing in return? Just said here, that will help you. See if I was going to her pub five nights a week and drinking. 
should probably wrap me around the head, but she would also limit me, like, here, you can come here on a Saturday night, or if you're getting out of hand, you're not coming in. Do you know what I mean? That's the level of care people should have over young people, I think. Yeah, it's mad. Not in the big city, thing. it's a bit different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's difficult because people that don't know you these days, it just, it's just like, that's his problem, or that's her problem. You know, people don't get involved with anything now, you know, watch a fight. Watch someone get themselves into trouble. Watch someone make a fool of themselves. We're not the best at maybe, but then someone who's addictive, who, who's addicted in the casino, and that, how do you even go up and approach them if you're just staff no, there? Aye. And what if you're getting pressured off your managers? And I know, I get you. Know? Yeah, it's hard. It's but very. It's difficult. I think we should just as people look out for each other. But morals, aye. You know I mean, I like. I was driving by the other day and I seen an old guy come to pub ten o'clock at night and he. I mean, an old guy, and he was falling about in that, and I felt like getting in the pub and going like, how did you just let him get in that? I just think people should have a better, like, we should treat other people better as well. Look good for each other, man, do you know what I mean? Um, aye. 100%. I almost feel like we've been conditioned now in school, when we were growing up, to not help anyone. Aye. You know, just get your grades. You know, get your grades and you'll be okay. Aye. Life's a single-player game, man. You're aye. Not a it really isn't, man. Well, it is when you're, you know, no one's going to do things for you. Aye. You know, no one's going to um, help you. No one's going to recover you mm -hmm. from gambling addiction. Aye. So it's good. It feels like a wee weight off. The weight off your shoulders must be amazing, but even Aye. the weight off my shoulders, just kind of getting into this with you and maybe just talking about it, it feels unbelievable as well. So for anyone listening, and I know thousands of you guys will be listening, have um, drug addictions and alcohol addictions and gambling addictions talk to someone man even if you just sit and talk to the tvs if you pause it every two minutes and put your opinion across well when i was you know what i mean no, just I... anything that works you know um male one of us no because it's lonely i've got some horrible stories to tell you as well um it's lonely no, and it's nice. uh, it's it's difficult something a story we'll get into later <laughs> was part of the reasons I feel very guilty about when my brother died and stuff, why I wasn't there because I was in the bookies at one point, but we'll get into that and it just it stays with me constantly. Um, I can't say I'm gambling free because I do have a wee football coupon on now and again, um, but I'm not, I don't want to sit in the bookies for 10 hours a day Aye. anymore, do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know how that flipped, I don't know, maybe flipped the mindset, but I don't know how when that change happened maybe mm -hmm. maybe when i had my breakdown and when i came back out of it i didn't really go back to anything i'd done back then mm -hmm. did you get that aye um, but it took me to hit that rock bottom mm -hmm. um before i really i really valued not having an addiction aye. do you know i've seen guys as well though that were really really bad and no, they do just have it under a level of control, which, do you know what I mean? Fair enough. You never know in the background, maybe they mm. went and got a bit of help, or they've just kind of yeah. learned some coping skills. Fair enough, but I was never like that, man. I had to stop. I couldn't go now and put a £10 coupon on, because when it lost, which inevitably it would, I'd be doing an hour later after the games, putting an R1 on, and then it'd be late again. I couldn't do it. Try to put your, I'm trying to put people um, who, who don't understand addiction and maybe like that off. Ophies, man, you know what I mean? Just stop feeling sorry for yourself and don't gamble. Aye. Go somewhere else. So someone who's who's um who's maybe thinking like that when what was going through your head when you're gambling? So you're in the casino, mm -hmm. you're sitting there. Mm -hmm. Explain an hour in the casino. What's going through your head? What is you know, what are you think? I can about? explain this perfectly because my big brother always 
when he was kind of, he's been all right now for a couple of years, but he struggled with alcohol and drugs. So I grew up very aware of it. Addiction was mm. all about, I've never touched a drug in my life still. I drink on a Saturday, that's it. So I explained this to my brother before. He struggled with alcohol and drugs and he used to say to me, I don't get addiction. And this is somebody who took drugs, drank and smoked. So he knew addiction, but he couldn't understand why you would get hooked on gambling. He never gambled. Mm. I'm an heir and I could go in with £100 an hour later. Easily I could have a couple of grand. Mm. I'd, that's so easy to understand. We all, let's be serious, we all want more money. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you could put £100 down, watch a boss spin that anticipation, that rush, and then if it lands on the thing that you've put it on, you've just doubled your money or something like that. Like, I obviously, because it was my problem, can completely understand why. For other people, I think they couldn't fathom the thought of losing a fiver. Mm -hmm. So they would never like even gamble in the first place. But if I was in there, I'd be going, I would try to get to a point where I would get a thousand pound. That was like my benchmark because the first time I'd got there. Um, so once I got a thousand pounds, I then got like a thousand and eighty. That eighty pound was like my fun tokens almost. It was, you just lose all concept of money, all value yeah. of money. I'd be putting £80 on a number and things like that. Um, I don't even know what it is, if it comes in, but it's a fortune anyway. Or I'd take £80 and I'd then go play wee slots and that on the machines. Um, but I had systems and that in place as well, man. Like I'd go in with, say I went in with £250, that was going straight on red, black, or odd or even, and if it didn't come in, my night was over, and I was driving back down the road two minutes later, but then it would be 500 and then 500 to 1,000. And then I would start putting your £100 bets on to try to get up to like 1,100, as I just said, to go and play things like that. So systems not in play, it was mental. It was really, really, I was addicted to relate. If I had started playing blackjack, I don't think I'd ever get really hooked on that. Or even football bets as well. I just put football bets on because everybody does because it was sociable. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care. It was too long and drawn out for me. See, 90 minutes, that was far too long to wait to see if you'd won a bet. I needed that constant rush. Mm -hmm. See, online as well, I don't know how, you get like two spins a minute. Do you know what I mean? You're just constantly up, down, up, down. Yeah. And then I remember a feeling like once you finally lost all that balance, it would just be like, your head would be fuzzy and you'd be like, what have I just did? That's the exact feeling. Aye. Like one of the worst, in fact, probably the worst one that I ever did was I gave my pal a couple of hundred pounds to put in his, I can't even mind what I could say, it was Coral. He put in his Coral account because I had no money in the bank. So I drove over, gave me money and I was like, stick that in for me and let me play on your account. So he did. And uh, I built it up to about eight and a half thousand pounds, which at that time would have cleared my debt. It would have cleared my debt and it would have left me with maybe about a thousand pounds maximum. So I gave him that money at about 10 o'clock at night, left the boogies, drove up with it, as I said. And by midnight, he texted me like, ah, what is going on here? Like, do you want me to withdraw that now? That was at about 5,000. And I was like, nah, mate, just let me go an hour, half an hour, and then you can withdraw it. So five, got to six, got to seven. Got 8,000. I was like, I'm going to get a 10, mate, and then just take it out for me. Eight and a half thousand pound. And I've got this video to put on Instagram soon. Found it the other day, and it's screen recordings. I had eight and a half thousand pound and nine minutes later I had zero. Just blown it all on roulette. One spin was five hundred pound to try get to nine thousand. I lost, so I doubled it to seven, doubled that to five, put four and a half grand on, and I was looking I had five hundred pound left. Just put it on a number. Lost. And I 
I was in my kitchen at the time. It was pure late at night by this point. And uh, I had a kitchen in a dining room. Locked my phone, left it on a kitchen table while my house was sleeping. And I went in. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. I lay on my dining room floor beside the radiator. And I was just lying there numb. My eyes open, staring at the wall. Like... It was such a weird feeling. It was like an outer body experience. I feel as if I was like looking down on myself. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? That was that was horrible. Because then there's like, that embarrassment to my mate as well. I was like, please don't tell him there about it. You hmm. know what I mean? And they never did. But it was horrendous, Fucking man. Fucking hell. Aye, mate. Look back some memories, man. Excuse me. Aye. Hard times it was, man. <sighs> Brave of you telling us that, man. It's brought back some bad memories of myself. It's just not. It's just not nice. It's not easy. Nah. I am. It's serious. Why? I just. I love what you're doing so much. It's, um. I've done similar one time, and God bless my papa. He's um. He's just passed away. And uh, he's my best friend, man. And I'm hunting. I remember in my nan and papa's house because that was like my second home. And I'm panicking about money I've spent on my mum's or something like that. And I've spent, I've done the same. I've spent all her, all the money that she told me to go and collect because she wasn't feeling very well. Two hundred and eighty pound. And uh, I've panicked. So my mum has went down the road to her house for my nana's, and um, I went to my nana's house. And they two have been in the living room and see if I'm alright. So I said, I'm just going to go lie in the bed. And I've went in and um, I've searched the whole room for money at this point. And I'm like, I don't know what's come through my mind. And I found I found the stash, my, all my papa's stash. And um, fucking probably took about £300 pound of it. And I've marched down again. And... Uh, I've won the money back to give to my mum, but I just... Shame. Ah, it's just never sat well with me, man. I, I, I told him before he... And I told him at the graveside while I was whispering at the grave, while I was thinking it in my head, you know what I mean? Aye. Just saying I'm sorry. Um, I just didn't even know to man. It's, Aye. I mean, I've seen people... It's just... They things that are just so out of character and just you, you wouldn't do it if you didn't have a problem that's going on do you know what I mean I did anything to get your money to go and gamble I, did a, I, did a I know it's so many times my mum had we didn't have money for food because I gambled it no. and she trusted me every time mm. go and get messages and all that £40 to go get messages I would go and get cheap messages and, and take her and take her back cheap shite Aye. or small milks instead of big milks I daft things that man and go and gamble the rest to try and make money. I didn't even, I didn't see the value in money. I didn't even want money. Aye. I didn't want money. I, I'm not really, even like nowadays people will know. When they want to know that I'm not money. I knew it was the feeling and the safeness and the, the horrible feeling that gambling gave me. That's the thing is with me yeah. as well, mate. That's a, that's a good point. Like I was, see when I was younger, I used to give my, see whenever I get any money saved up, my mum and I would tell you, I'm not trying to make myself sound like an angel, but I would just love buying people things and yeah. I'd love giving it to other people. Well, I think that comes with it because many people with gambling talk about this, the spontaneous, really, 
snap decisions. I, I've never cared about money in my life, even now, like back my feet and doing all right and whatever, but it means nothing to me, do you know what I mean? It's, nah. Um, no, I still give all my, a lot of money away in and out with the mindset and, <laughs> and, uh, and doing this podcast if we don't get sponsors, you know. And um, at that time, that time was testing and it, there's, there's loads of stories and loads of real bad bits just don't know how thingy my mum would be hearing this and now but mm. um it was it was it was bad Aye. you know um same with my my thing with my brother fucking the week my brother died he went missing on the thursday I, i've told this before in my first podcast and uh he went missing on the thursday and we i didn't know because on the no sorry he went missing on the, the thursday night Mm-hmm. And then the first day I'd been at the bookies, and then my sister they gave me eighty quid to go and get something downtown. Um, it was to go and get a jacket or something like that. Maybe me, I've went to the bookies, and mm-hmm. I've seen eighty quid as something I could turn into five hundred, go back up and treat them, yeah. or just to gamble. You know, let's not make excuses, or just to gamble. And I've went in. I've been there for about two two hours, and I've went up in the money, and then I've lost it all, and. Uh, I've texted my mum in the way up the road and said I've lost it and she knew I'd gambled it so she'd said nothing up and I've had the fall out of my sister so I've just kind of ran away Um, I've ran away and went up to to um, Glasgow to my girlfriend's house in Townhead mm. uh, my girlfriend at the time in Townhead and I've went up there and I, it's weird this because it's my girlfriend's um She's done well for her job. I'm supposed to be taking her out on, on the Friday night and I go up there with no money at all. Aye. All my wages and my sister's money spent. Mm. And uh, I go up there and then she pays for my weekend up there and I'm trying to keep it cool for her. And then my mum phones me on the Sunday night and she's uh, she phones me on the Sunday night about 7 or 8 o'clock, I'm sure. Is it on a Monday night? I think it is after the weekend. My brother's been missing for three days now. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. She says, your brother's missing. Your brother's missing. Been missing. I said, what are you talking about? His brother's missing. His brother's missing. I went talking about it. She phoned me at 11 o'clock and said he's dead. And uh, there's a bit in his house with a window that you can see in his house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm tall enough to get in it. I just stood up in the ledge and I would go and look in. And uh, my mum and Catherine have been, I've went up on the Sunday, haven't they? Um, on the Monday morning, the Sunday, and they've been, my mum's been trying to look in. She's only about five foot four and she couldn't look in. And uh, Right enough, when I go and clear his house out, the wee bits there, and where he was, where he was lying dead in his bed, you can see. And I've um, just, what do you do with that, man? You, you you gamble your sister's money and then fucking go up to Glasgow when you could have possibly stopped your brother from dying. I lived with that guilt for a long time, man. Uh-huh. You're gambling and it's, um, it's, it's fucking shameful. It's just, I can't even explain it that my brother slipped into a coma before he died and um if i had not had that addiction i probably would have saved his life and that'll never that'll never leave me ever no. you know so it's a it's a it's a sad it's a sad reality this is this is happening to many many people the same things the same mistakes the suicides from gambling and um footballers Mm-hmm. You no, know, Kyle Lafferty and all that. They had mental gambling problems when he mm-hmm. came out and spoke about it. John Hartson, who was on here, 
had terrible gambling problems that resulted in a lot of bad things. And, and we still who do it. There's still people I hear a lot or on a, on a comment, if someone comes out on Facebook, someone comes out and speaks about the gambling addiction, there's people ongoing. You're just selfish bastards. <laughs> you're just this, you're just Fuck that. Mate, I get it all the fucking time. How do we change that? How do we... Because... Um, Anyone who watches this will know and do know what I save now. I save a lot. All I do is save. And do you want to know the truth? I'm addicted to saving. I think I'm just getting an addictive personality. Honestly, my missus is like, why are you saving all this money? I just, oh no, I just need the money there. I need the money there. And give that to you and you take that and I'm going to lend this to him. We'll give this to my friend for he's in trouble by now. And uh, I love saving uh, and it's addictive personality so you do think what's next you know what you said there about the how do you change it i think in my opinion the problem is people understand that if you drink enough you'll die if you take enough drugs you'll die if you smoke enough you'll die if you gamble you won't necessarily physically die from the gambling but yeah. you're dead inside i was dead inside like and i it's very 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 difficult to come back from that so that's why i think it's not took as seriously as addiction i think if you think you're an addict you think let's be honest the word is a junkie in the street mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i was as much a junkie as anybody was mm-hmm. just didn't have any physical signs and um it wasn't really phys- i mean i was losing a lot of weight because stress wasn't eating properly whatever but didn't have that many physical signs there that's why it's not treated as serious in my opinion yeah i agree and you've got things like the is it not the government's f- top five fundings Aye. Is one of them's the gambling commission? The top five incomes. People which, ask me. Don't know why if I'm allowed to say that or not, but I don't care. Aye. <laughs> um and, and that's scary. Aye. People ask me why I don't talk more about regulation and about um you know that side of it work with gambling. Because it, to me, it's just not gonna change. These people are so greedy, yeah. they've got a cash cow here that they're just not going to, mm-hmm. you know, take away from them. So just Especially if it's funding the government. Imagine, exactly, imagine how much, imagine how much it's funding. So Moving on, back, tactic. back to the, the positive sides of it. The, um, growing up in the Flip the Mindset podcast, we always ask um, a person, and we always, we always ask if there was someone when you grew up who inspired you, maybe took them under your wing, you, t- you talk about Jamesy. Um, Aye. Um, who took you under his wing and you're a very motivated guy you're a very inspired for what you're for what you're doing now did you have someone there or two people there like your dad or well, someone about my mom and dad are incredible they really are incredible that i've let them down so many times in my life and they just constantly are there for me um football my dad hardly missed a game i ever played and let me tell you something man when i was young i was shocking like shocking i would kick myself in the face at fitbana and knee myself try to kick the ball and he still came and watched now there probably was times where people other parents asked about boys his and they probably denied me and said somebody else <laughs> but he was still there in the call weather and he was there all the time mm. um and my mama i just always held me in a pure pedestal she just thinks i'm oh i was class all my life love him too but but somebody who i would mention other than that um Master Oswald and St. Stephen's, my, my teacher, he was the first guy that ever really gave me confidence with loads of things, like with football. I don't know why, I don't know where he got it from, but he just used to talk to me about, you know, Mark Miller, obviously, don't mm-hmm. you? He used mm-hmm. to compare me, like, he'd be like, listen, you can do what he did, and all that. And I was like, yeah. Was you. he at Martin at the time? No, he was at Celtic at the time. 
Mark Miller. Oh, Mark Miller, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and uh, he was like, yeah, listen, you can go and do this and that. And, and I mean, I he was wrong and I knew it, but it did give me that confidence. I thought, you know, this guy's seen a lot of people play football. He must obviously see something in me. And he used to love me. Like, I'd get sent down there to the office all the time. And, but I'd gone to his office and it wasn't a shouting and bawling. He would just give it to me straight. You know, he'd, be, he'd tell me I was I was a dick. And to stop acting like one or I'm mm. going to end up useless. Do you know what was I mean? Mark Miller from my port? Mark Miller's from my port, aye. Is he? Oh, aye. I didn't even know aye. that. I don't know why. Uh, my Mr. Oswald, man, he always just put an arm in me. He loved me. Um, it, I get suspended from school like, for good and kicked out for good. And he, he was devastated, man. I genuinely remember a guy having tears in his eyes. Like, mm. he was... He was just told me that he fought all he could, but there was like he couldn't really do it. He was overruled. Um, I actually phoned him like a month ago to meet up with him, and I can't wait, man. Honestly, the guy means so much to me. Brilliant, man. Absolutely love uh, that. Um, absolutely love that. So, do you think there was a see when you so instead of asking you how did you get addicted to gambling, right? Do you think there was a a void in your life that you were trying to fill? like feeling left out or anything like that is that does that coincide with it or uh, is there a void you were trying to fill did you ever feel the odd one out did you ever feel that you yeah yeah so what happens what i feel like so you're in the you're in the bookies casino right and you're almost creating and inflating and identifying this ego mm-hmm. in your head right. you are the master you know, mm-hmm. you're creating these wee games and as you said, these wee structures and counting in your head and all that as if you're the master and literally you fuck all compared yeah. to the bookies, you know what I mean? They're gonna spank you every time. But you doing that, you feeling in your head, fucking hell, I'm good at this or I am mm. whatever at this, you know, that that's your total high, you know. You can all end up um tricking yourself into thinking you you're better than the bookies. Mm. I don't know, it's just a question off the top of my head there, do you ever think there was a void you were trying to fill or anything or running away from something? Uh, I think, going back to like school, I was the most, that sounds pure big, he did and cringy and I don't mean it, but I was like the most kind of probably popular and like well-known mm-hmm. one out of my mates, right? So it also made it, when I got a problem, it made it very difficult for my pals to be able to kind of talk to me because I, they might have thought I'd have, I'd have been angry about it and, and I've spoken to my pals about it since then a lot of them say Petty I wish like I wanted to talk to you but you weren't the type of guy that do you know what I mean that you go to and help uh where was I going with that? Oh, in terms of like, avoid I think it was just leaving football mate leaving football and being lost in my life because my pal um went and did a mechanic like, apprenticeship and we knew he was going to do that for when he was about 10 other people went on the boats and knew what they were today 18, 19 is such a difficult age, man. You're so lost in life and you leave school and you're like, you're considered an adult, but you're still really not an adult yet. Uh, I was just lost, I and it was just my escapism really was gambling. Yeah, I'm just asking that because when you, a lot of um, alcohol, when you're addicted to alcohol or drugs or anything like that, it can be because of filling a void or or covering up um, the demons or Mm -hmm. a dark past and stuff. Um, was there anything in school on that? So you say like you leave school, football crashes, and then buff. Now we know the dangers of football crashing. You don't get any. We just chuck you away. We don't give a shit. It moves on quicker than a week in Tenerife. So when you're when you're you leave school, was there anything in, you know before you left school about gambling? 
no. telling you about the dangers of it. Nothing. But was there anything about gambling? Yeah, was there anything like From anyone like you coming in? Aye, and I'm I'm not just saying this to go with my narrative. I had never been spoken to about gambling mm. in my life. Never once. So if your mate hadn't said it to you, you could have went in a couple of years, no even really. In many ways, uh, people say to me, you know, if he'd like if you didn't because my pal laughs about it he's like I fucked your life up <laughs> it's <laughs> not your fault I asked, I asked you to go for a pint <laughs> but do you know what see in many ways I've got an addictive personality and mm-hmm. see if I'd been addicted to um, like coke the same way I was addicted to gambling I'd be dead I'd have overdosed long ago or if it was alcohol I'd have drank myself to death so in many ways I'm a lucky I don't know I just try to put a positive spin on it mm-hmm. but um I think I would have been addicted to something in my life. Like, a day for us was kind of path I was meant to go, didn't it, to be honest? Um, it just probably flung a curveball. I'd always worried so much about my brother and that. that was some, maybe, I, maybe that was something there. Like, I'd be in school and I'd be I'd be worried sick just how he was. And there was nights as well. Like, I mean, I'd gone to school, right, and I'd be popular, happy, funny, whatever. But people didn't know that I would be, you know, my mum would come in and it was a dreaded, it was a dreaded thing of like yes, Stephen's acting it. So me and my brother and my mum and dad would bounce up, put clays on and sprint into a car and drive as fast as we can over to his house and stop him from causing chaos. And the police would turn up and he'd get carted away and I'd be greeting my eyes out because I love him. I love him to bits. Uh, and then I'd be in school six hours later, smiling, kidding on nothing's going on. Wow. So I think... I mean, there was even nights as well. I remember I stayed at his house and he won't mind me telling him us. We talk about it all the time, but I woke up and uh, he had like a knife in his hand and in his bed and the night afforded he'd been causing chaos and he wanted to kill himself. And I woke up and I was about 14 and then I jumped on him. I just jumped on him and I was holding him as strong as I could. And his partner um, phoned my mom and dad and they come down and I'm just wrestling with him for five, ten minutes until they get here. And this was literally, my mum, you know, went up the road, got my uniform, come down, and I put it on and went to school. And you're just sitting in class and you're like, in a fucking bubble, but you've just got to act all right. Mm-hmm. I think I was always going to crumble at one point. Um, aye, I think I was. It's interesting. Yeah, it could have been drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk a lot about online gambling mm-hmm. it's, it's something we definitely need to mention how much responsibility do you think online gambling must take and has towards the, the huge you know epidemic we've got oh, mate i can't even explain it man you've got a casino in your house 24 hours a day a bookies in your house 24 hours a day you know i would never spend the amount of money and the bookies is what I did online because you'd be ashamed. Let's see if you got by a desk and try to put a five hundred pound on a yeah. bet. If people behind the desk would be like that, and most of the time they're decent enough people, they would have a word and say, "Get a grip yourself." But online, man, you're in your room. Gambling's a solitary sport. Shut the door behind you. Nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Can wipe your bank account. I get horrific messages, man. Since I started this, like a guy messaged me in about February, and I woke up in the morning and he'd sent like four messages and. Luckily enough, I woke up to this kind of sound on my phone. Guy just wasted £22,000, sent me over on like Paddy Power on different accounts. £22,000 is his house deposit, and he was going for his house the next week. He's like, Hi, mate, do you know? Um, and he was like, I could tell there was that calm fear. He was like, Hi, mate, I've just blown all this, blah, blah, blah. 
do you know if there's any lawyers who can maybe help fight to get this back? And I'm looking at his bank statements and I'm like, oh, what do I even say to that guy? You know, you almost kind of go to say, mate, you're fucked. Obviously, you can't, you can't say that. Horror stories, man. Horror. People as well robbed their maws or their partner's accounts and they're like, um, is there any way you know that I can kind of pretend this wasn't me just till I get the money in it? Yeah, it's terrible, man. And these things wouldn't happen if it was in the bookies and that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's easy. I've done the same. I've sat with... Uh, I've sat with my family or my mates and stuff a couple of years ago and I've gambled two grand online and about not in the bookies this is just on I've literally went one time I actually wrote it down because I wanted to see how much I was getting shafted so I think I won a wee bit in various wee bits so I went on to the I went on to the maybe horses or something I went on to the slots Aye. and 900 quid I spent two pound a game on slots I had about three boards. Boards is just people watching. That's the it takes you on to the features and stuff. Um, must have given me about thirty five pound, and one board was sixty pound. Nine hundred pound buff gone. Nothing, nothing. It's, bad, isn't it? it's a, you know, um, it comes out saying it's got a something percent, ninety percent payout. Blah blah blah. But it could mean twenty p's. Do you know what I mean? Nah. So people might get mixed up with this message that they're portraying. Did you hear about the guy who put the seven the seven horses on and he won the two million or something like that? He won one point something million, and no, it was some no, it was. Um, was it, no, he got, he, he it was a glitch. They said it was a glitch, so it was a game, and they, they, the bookies came out and said it was a glitch. Aye. And he obviously got a good lawyer, and, it, and this has happened to thousands of people, oh. probably more than that, and they've won a big amount of money, and the bookies have come out and said, no, that was a glitch, or no, that's a mistake. And um, they've literally not paid out that money. So they did that to this guy. And I think he's been, was he a computer tech or something? And no. he, he got, he knew something about something anyway. And he's got his lawyer to fight it. I think it took about a year, I think. And they no. fought it to show the bookies wasn't, it wasn't a glitch. And he get paid 2 million instead uh, of the yeah, 1.7. Now, yeah. surely you would think that would open cases for millions of people who have been robbed of their money. Aye. Well, let past. me tell you something now. If you've not gambled online or if you're ever thinking about gambling online, they will take every deposit that you want and when you want to withdraw something, you'll need to show them proof of funds. You'll need to show them your ID, passport, everything. I'll give you one. Coral are animals. And I never call it, but they are animals, Coral. I remember before I won about £1,500. This was right at the start of when I had started gambling. £1,500. And my, my name is Paul Pettigrew, but I've got a middle name, Francis, right? So they asked for my verification over. So I sent away all my details and they said they had been denied my name was wrong. So I was like, have I spelled that wrong or something? On my passport, mate, it says Paul Francis Pettigrew. Didn't get any money for it. But honestly, they are, they really are animals. They'll date whatever. And you've just got to, you've got to use your common senses. People ain't going to happily, willy-nilly, just give you money. Whatever way they can fight it, they'll fight it. Hang on, this money go, must go somewhere, you know what I mean? And obviously it's lining people's pockets and stuff, no. but how much is going to the government? be honest Mental. must be more than more than what's put down nah it's a backhander anyway so it, you know what really mean? this is mental and i hope it does get picked up today because this is that's crazy nah, i mean and, and they do i've heard stories like that everywhere and this is not just for addicts no we're not making any excuses for gambling here i'm talking about for someone who's actually going and maybe they're not addicted and they're going to play and they're just putting a wee gamble on and they, they win luckily mm. win their money it's like winning the lottery they can't turn around and then go 
was a mistake, mate. Aye. A bonus ball didn't drop out, mate. It dropped yeah. out sideways. Aye, <laughs> you know what I mean? Take it off, yeah, it's nuts. But yeah, so what we're trying to make you understand is you're never going to body win. No. You're just not. You may think you are, but you're not. Plenty of times I've sat there and goes, I will beat it. I won 900 quid and, I, and, then, I, and then I won two grand one time. Boston. One of my pals says, check your deposits with your thingy. Aye. I was £9,000 down. Aye. Minus 9,000 on my winnings and losses. Aye, people do it all the time, don't they? Profit um, and loss. Nah, profit and lost. So £9,000 down. So I'm thinking I'm winning, I'm doing good. £9,000 down? I could have gave that to my family, yeah. my mum, my sister, the kids. Yeah, they gave money to, you know, that's, that's yeah. give me a deposit for a house. Nah, exactly. I mean, it's madness. It's just, it's madness. So you're, lo you're losing money, right? Did you find yourself a lot chasing the money you lost or was it literally just for the thrill? No, that was the excuse. So I was always waiting on that big win to clear my debt. So my debt got to like about 30 odd grand and I was always waiting on that big win to then clear it. And I would always say, when I get it, I'll stop. But in reality, what I would have did was say I won 30 grand, I'd have paid that half and then I'm back to square one. And I've seen a lot of guys, they, they get their debt cleared for them by family members and whatever, and they clear it, and then they just go again and start again, racking up a new debt. So it was just an excuse. By the time, you just, your brain will day in it. You're, that's what people need to understand as well. Your brain is working against you. It really is. It's giving you excuses to go and gamble and to just anything you can to continue it. And that's what I'm, I'm big on mentality and like mindset and that as well. You really do need to just treat it like a scrap and start fighting back against it. And it's so, so difficult. But I like that. You know, I've not yeah. heard that. Not heard that. I like, like that. Like a scrap. Do you need to take, take it like a scrap? You do, mate, and just start fighting back. And it's... What, how, do, how do you get that through to someone who's writing the ficket right now? Make it they've just gambled, you know, their car, no. their car money. What's the worst thing you've seen in the casino? What have you seen people do? seen a Chinese guy um, bet the keys to his shop oh, and a riverboat casino. Wow. Keys to his shop. Um, I've seen people put down money that I knew was... The, I mean, even... I'll give you one myself as well. I borrowed money from guys who were drug dealers and they were cousins of somebody who I knew at the time and they just offered me a wee quick loan to get out my problem. At the time, it was just an overdraft. So I was about £2,000 into an RBS overdraft and uh, it worried me. But now reflecting on it, I know it wasn't anything. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they gave me cash and it was all that. Do you know, don't worry about it. You get it. I'll, we'll get it back when we get it back. But obviously mm -hmm. it didn't work out like that. That £2,000 went to a casino that night. Riverboat again, spent it. I was like, fuck me, I better, I better get a job and start getting that back because the texts came in next week. Wow. happened to me have you, have you got a bit of that back my door anyway turned into I was going to my girlfriend's house one night Um, I used to get a train down to hers when I wasn't driving and I was walking up to hers and I just put my hood up just kind of started raining had my earphones in bang I thought honestly I thought a bomb went off that was my first I was ringing in my ears and that my earphones were all broken I was on the deck and I was like yes and I was trying to put my hands down and then somebody just spun me around and I was like one guy was kind of holding me here, like down on the deck, and I just remember looking up and somebody had a, a knife, a bit, a, it was a big curved looking fucker with ribbed bits on it. And just done that bomb stabbed in my belly, and I've got a scar here on my belly. My zip, my jacket that I just zipped up, like coming up the hill, 
like caught on that or else it would have just ripped right through my belly phoned my mom and dad uh, no i didn't i phoned my big brother and he came down got me took me to the hospital um i had like concussion and just cuts on my my belly and all that uh, and i know who it was and they're certainly not people that you, you fuck about with you know what i mean but i knew that i still took your money from them and if they offered me it again the next week i'd have took it again um situations like that yeah you know i mean that could have ended horrifically for me and it has for many others aye, aye. many people have been off for gambling debts let's be honest all throughout the world yeah um it's, I, I, I suppose it is what differs it from alcohol addiction um you know and it, do you still feel it, it just doesn't get taken as serious as it should uh, it doesn't i mean i think a kind of narrative is if you've got a gambling addiction you might miss your phone bill payment one month or you might miss a mortgage payment or you might be a bit skint but nobody sees what it does to you upstairs man like well i don't know if you've ever owed money or that but see like waking up every day and having a text or a missed call owing money oh, horrendous way to live your life man oh i've loved that fucking Tell horrendous you. way to live your life and three four mates at a time man and i, I couldn't i couldn't tell them why every time you st- they thought i just they thought i was just selfish uh, the way you start your day is with you know falling out with pals and that as you said and that's the thing about it that's what kills me as well and people say i've actually had it kind of labeled at me as you know you talk so highly of your pals well how didn't they help you and what i went they fucking did help me out. They gave me money, even though they knew they probably shouldn't, because I was begging them, and they never chased me for it back. They they were understanding, and I they could have maybe asked was everything all right with gambling, but I was so I'd have just pushed them back anyway. It was also very wasn't it, people weren't educated enough. Nah, they don't they know how to have that then. conversation. Do you know what I mean? Um, but nah, as I said, man, you don't want to be letting these people down. Do you know what I mean? I've known. I've known some of these guys since I've been five years old and we're having kind of awkwardness because I owe them money. Breaks your heart, man. It does. And being sneaky heart. and sneaky towards Aye. them. Tell they them leave it's a wee £20 pound there, you know what I mean? Both. Aye. You're off ski right it's up to the casino again. Horrendous. And it's no you. It's not, it's, no, you know, it's, it's, not. Not, it's not who, who an, uh, an addictive person wants to be, um, a, a gambler wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, we have this when the fun stops and all this mad nonsense um and i know big john well i love big john hudson he fronts a campaign with 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 them as well but he thinks it's a good thing because it is it's just because it's there it's good mm. you know but it's not effective Aye. it wouldn't stop me Aye. you know you could have a 60 second warning saying think about what you're doing this and that give a shit mate i'll, I'll, I'll check my instagram while Aye. there and i'm putting all my money back in because mm. that's not what's going to solve the problem mm. you know you you put a uh you put a you know you get a bottle of vodka give it to an alcoholic and just write on it you know alcohol kills that's my dad's going to stop it it's like it's like putting locking an alcoholic in a pub overnight and telling him right you just yeah. have one pint one mm-hmm. mate because there's warnings on it Aye, be careful you know I, I, mean? I love big john hearts and tame i love him a bit so i'm a celtic fan oh, he's but, brilliant um I'd love to, I've got to be honest though, I would love to kind of get his opinion on why he's involved in it. I don't yeah. know, is it? He, he did say on the podcast that it's because it's there. He could put something there, mm. you know, even though it might not be the most effective thing, at least it wasn't there before. Aye. And there has been times where if I have maybe, even in the last year or two, if I've gambled maybe a couple hundred quid on something, 
that I've actually got Big John in my head, mm. you know. So even that day, I thought, and I'm a big Rangers fan, you know, yeah. I, I love Big John, and I've, I thought, oh, shit, real arm going off. <laughs> Tell me I'm still sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I've got Big John in my head, and it did actually make me go, you know what? But that's because I'm better now, but nah, back then, nah, nah no nah. chance. But the fun stops, like, so we're getting that in, right, that, that message, right? Now, it's sincerely hard for an, for someone who's addicted to the choose recovery over that next gamble. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just going to recover. So, do you, do you think it's a big slap in the face these wee regimes? These but wee um, when the fun um, stop stops. Aye, that kind of stuff. Aye, it's a tick box exercise. It's all the shape, and it, it it does annoy me. So, does that really? Is that really? Um, that would be good to get you and John on to, to actually talk I about that. It, yeah. But does that really, does that set you back in a lot you do? Because some of these firms will just go, wait a minute, we've got this in place. I don't even consider them, to be honest. I mean, I, I get your point now, but I just I think anybody with half a bit of common sense can look at them campaigns and see that they're, they're a tick box exercise and they're all the nonsense. And it's, um, I've got to be honest, when I seen like John Hartson was involved in that, I thought, it's not, not what I thought you would get. But obviously he knows a lot more about it than me. Um, nah, I don't like them. Even gamble aware and bet regret and things like that. It's nonsense, man. What does that even mean? You've got a minute long advert, right? Where it's, what's the one that I seen the other day? It's that guy that's on Sky Sports, uh, Jeff something, and he's like flying about planets mm-hmm. and all that. And it's slots everywhere. It's so loud, vibrant, catches your eye. And the last half a second is please gamble responsibly. What does that mean? Please gamble responsibly. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Um, no. That's nah, why I do what I do, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, For me, it's just, it's a complete slap in the face too. Um, what do you think? What do you think? What What's our angle? How do we, how do we move against it? Apart from doing what you're doing. How do we make this? How do we make it from one guy you're the only person that I know doing this throughout the whole of the West. You know what I mean? There will be more, probably, yeah. but the only person I know that's getting the recognition and getting the platforms to do this. Yeah. How do we, you know, how do we really make this work? How do we make it happen? How do we then get serious, um, how do we get things in place to to really make a dent in the amount of people that are, that are you know, that are taking their own lives from gambling or mm. that are just addicted in the first place? To be honest, I, I only think like prevention is a method that's gonna that's gonna do it because I know a lot of organisations that do some great work in terms of the uh, the legal side of things and like uh, advertising and all that. I think that could help big time, like limiting the amount of advertising. Young people are being bombarded, like it's been ingrained in them from such a young age. There's no need to have as many gambling adverts as what we've got. I understand that they're a business and I get that side of things as well. I'm not just pure gambling should never be advertised anywhere and that's not viable. But there's no need to be before the game, after the game, during the game, on the shirts, running billboards, <laughs> curtains on the way up, <laughs> uh, scrap, what do you call them? Fucking, but you, you pick a team on the way up. And they, yeah. You're a young guy now, right? You're you're 12 years old and you're going to football with your dad. Likelihood is he's putting a curtain on, mm-hmm. might even let you pick a team on it. You're going up to watch Celtic or Rangers who have got Daffabet and 32 red on the front of their strips. You're looking around the billboards, you're having a wee look about. It's gambling adverts everywhere. There's a Ladbrokes inside Parkhead. 
there's if you're watching the telly, with your, there's a lot books inside Parkhead. If you're ga- if you're watching a game of Champions League, I loved when I was a wee guy, man. I loved a Tuesday and a Wednesday sitting watching a game with my dad. Like any game in the Champions League, before it, during, after gambling, there's no need for all that, man. Let young people just enjoy football for what it's for, what it's all about. There's, they go hand in hand now. If I'm sitting in the pub watching, say, the football at half five, I know that everybody around about me has got a bet on. Mm-hmm. And do you know what that did for me? It ruined football, man. I would be sitting there and honest to God, rather than like it could be Chelsea and Man United, then you'd be, you should be buzzing about what you're about to see some great players and what you're worried about is how many corners are happening in the first half. Yeah. That's yeah. mental. Do you know what I mean? Right, and it, I, it sounds daft, but it really is. I, I know guys that are sitting there, oh, God's sake, man. I'm like, oh, what is it? I had time to get a shot on target. I'm like, oh, you're fucking warped, mate. Takes, takes, takes the love out of the game. It does. You don't it. care about the result, you just care if. You know, you've got you've got Rangers and Celtic fans that will go there and bet against each other, oh. bet against your own team. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know if Rangers have something in their stadium there. I'm guessing they do. Probably, I don't know what they're sponsored Maybe, by anymore. Um, what bookies are sponsored by? But um, that that's one thing that needs to stop. Get that to France. Do you know what I mean? Because and you do see it. You do see you look in Ibrox or Parkhead for you. You look around. People are checking their coupons constantly. Aye, when I played for Annan. Um, and some other clubs I played for, especially junior football. When I played junior football, that's what we would do. It's so excited to get back to the clubhouse. I wasn't really big then on betting. Get back to the clubhouse and 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 watch the scores. Oh, no. everyone would be doing that. Literally everyone. Um, and then when I played for Annan, you would get a, the same thing. We would t- the bus would stop. Where's the bookies? We would all go as a team. Put it on. Not the managers or that, but a lot of the players. Or a big group of the players get your coupons on, then you would go, you would go into the stadium, get your game, and then you would probably all check your coupons after it. It was huge, and then I've seen through playing football players phoning the the phone nah, to be separate bookie guy because nah, they don't want to be um they don't caught want to be in our books now and stuff like that. So they're, nah. they're phoning the guy up and all that. Listen, put this on. Oh, it's me. Blah mm. blah blah. Put this on. Put a grand on this. Put blah blah blah. I don't know if you've seen there that Owen Shanklin just moved, so he moved to a Belgian club, and he was my first ever ambassador. We got talk. Oh. I mean, I got about fifteen messages asking me, "Do I know where he goes?" And I knew what people were up to. Mm-hmm. So I heard on the radio, right, and I'd said to, I'd said to one of my pals, um, he was left out of Dundee United squad and they played Rangers there, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought he's getting a move. And I says to one of my pals, I was like, "I'll get people messaging me asking, do I know where he's going?" I did, mate, sure enough. I think it was about 13, 14 guys messing me. Mm-hmm. Any clue where Shanklin's going, mate? What they were wanting to do was get down and put it on the bookies. But if I was naive enough and I'd asked him and I knew where he, like, I knew where he was going to go and I'd found that out and I went and told them, I could have got him fucking, I think Kieran Trippier got a, what was that, six-game ban mm-hmm. last year for just telling his pals he was moving to Atletico yep. or whatever it was. Fuck, it's horrendous. But that just shows people's mindset. It's like, right, I hear somebody's going somewhere. He might have a wee inside tip. I'm going to go put it on. bet on it. Oh, Was there not? I'm pretty sure that on the RV, there was bet on Love Island. You're joking. Mate, you can bet the Prime Minister on that. I'm serious. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Bet on Love Island. Who's going out? I I might be wrong. I might be wrong. People might write in the comments. I'm fucking positive. (laughs) I didn't bet who's going out Love Island, man. You know what I mean? Oh, mate, we roast, but we roast one of my pals, guy, do he's a nut job, right? But he put he put hundred and fifty pound on Scotland to vote yes to independence, and he put his picture of it on Instagram <laughs> and see every month, every couple of months, it will get flung the group chat oh, and just hound him, man. It's fucking brilliant. But you can bet anything, man. 
Talking talk about relationships and stuff, how did gambling affect your your, your relationships, you know, uh, your circle? Aye, so as I said, man, I love my pals to bits now my whole life, but aye, it took its toll on it because the money side of things just ruined it. Do you know what I mean? I was... I didn't go it much because I owed people money and then when I was in their company it was awkward and it was hard then. My family, man, that was that took its toll big time. Um I could just I could see in my mum and dad and that and my wee sister in particular as well, I could see in their eyes that they were scared. Like whenever they looked at me, I could tell they were scared, like they didn't really know what was gonna happen. I asked my dad about a year after I had stopped, we were driving the car one day and it me and my dad are, I love him to bits, man, and we are close, but we don't have them type of conversations, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My dad ever tried to give me a hug, man, I'd run out of doors, you know what I mean, <laughs> one of them type of things, but I asked him one day, I was like, how how bad was I, like, how bad did things get? And he was like, I was, I was terrified. He's like, I, I used to look right sometimes and think, I don't know if he's going to get out of it. That bad did, man, that broke my heart. Um, I had a relationship at the time as well, I had a girlfriend for a couple of years, a few years, and, uh, I fell apart and um, she just like had had enough but I look back now as well and it's funny enough I was thinking on the way over um, getting something deep because I thought it would come up and it's not the it's not the thing that falls apart that, that kills you or the guilt because we're both young and a lot of relationships when you're young the day just end anyway do you know what I mean it was my first kind of proper relationship what kills me is people thinking that art is a real me like people thinking that me at time was actually me. Yeah. Um, so we hang with, with her eyes. She, she was just young and I dragged her through a lot. And uh, she's a great lassie, do you know what I mean? I don't have a bad word to say about her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of them things. She just decided enough was enough, got herself out. And look, see, hang is her Can life. protect herself. I, her life, I imagine, get better. And it was it was my point as well to really turn around. So she did, she did the right thing for the both of us. Mm-hmm. One of them, mates. Part of life in it. How did you recover? My recovery, as sad as it is to say, came out a kind of... It came out of it being... I didn't think I was going to get better at all, right? And I thought I was definitely going to die because I gambled. I was going to kill myself. I couldn't live until I was 70, like, that miserable. But I says to myself... Just at least, if you're not here, give your mum and dad and your family the the chance to say to people, you know, Paul had a problem, but he tried right until the end. Do you know what I mean? He tried to go over it, uh, and I so I just started kind of. I went to a gambler's anonymous meeting. Didn't really work for me. Great service, though. I'll never knock them, but didn't really work for me. Way mindset, I went into it way. Um, I went out with my pals a couple of times and you just get wee small victories. I remember, I think my pals, you asked how done I was. I'd, as I said, I'd lost that relationship, kicked out of uni and that again and they rounded around me and I thought to myself, like, if these people are still here for me, my family's still here for me, I got a day under my belt, no gambling, which for me was like a year at the time. And then you get two days and that and you just, from kind of wanting to just do it as a wee parade so that they could think, right, he tried his best, but then inevitable what happened. Started winning me small victories, and I was like, I better help you, man. I could, I could do this, maybe. At least get a good bash anyway. What, what even made that 
that that flip in the mindset. What even what even what sparked that flip in the mindset? Because not many addicts will just turn around one day and go, "I want to get better." Uh, Normally, it takes a death, a breakdown, a loss of partner, uh, a big. Uh, well, my life was that. My life was a car crash, man. I mean, I'd been from ni- when I was eighteen. I'd I mean, I was never going to be an astronaut or play for Celtic, but I had reasonable enough potential to do all right in my life. And by 21, kicked out of uni four times, lost about eight to ten jobs, so much debt, lost relationships, wasn't playing football anymore. I mean, how much more do you need to add into it? Like, felt like my family and my hanging. And I think I just got to a point where I was just so tired, just so emotionally drained that I didn't need a rock bottom moment of like, you know, in a film where there's a bit where the guy turns his life around, I don't really have that. It was probably just a culmination of things where I just thought, fuck this, man. I guess can't be all life is all about for me. Um, obviously, as well, though, I, you asking, like, how bad things got? Is that what you're kind of... No, the reason why yeah. I'm asking that, because it's fascinating. I think you need to give yourself that credit of, that's, that's, that's incredible. Many, many people do need that rock, that rock bottom moment. I did, Aye. you know. Many, many people do, and it's just incredible to, to, to and, and what I asked the question for, to see if there is more hope than we try and more hope than people make you believe when people talk about it. Oh, he's gambling, he's never going to change, blah, blah, blah. The hope is coming back from the darkest of places that the podcast is. You literally flip the mindset ongoing. You didn't need a rock bottom. You literally, through small victories and through flipping what you, what you were, through better positive choices, through mm-hmm. positive actions, you literally turned your life back around. Whereas me, I had a rock bottom mental breakdown and then I came out of it. And many people do. They lose the house and all that and then they face the wife or they face the husband and then then they rebuild their life when Mm. everyone goes, right, go to the group. Gamblers Anonymous didn't work for you. For many people, that's a go back to gambling and they would fall. Mm -hmm. Um, You're right in saying, I really think as well that if I... Um, kept going the way I was going and didn't have the support bubble I had. Well, maybe didn't have my mum at the time because other people weren't as educated. I probably would have took my own life, you know, because the shame mm-hmm. of gambling, the way people look at you that know, the way your friends then view you, people say wee things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, we, we do still view it as this thing that's a Paul Petty group problem. No, you know what I mean? Definitely. That's a, that, that's a you problem. Don't worry about me. I do think, I always talk in here about how our friends and our family need to be, and, and, and people who knows in our circle need to be better at helping and dealing with things. Mm-hmm. And that's through education. Mm-hmm. Where you can help do that now with your friends. They'll probably look at a lot of your stuff and go, never know how to help anyone Aye. else that done it. Definitely. But when they were less educated, it doesn't mean they shouldn't have helped us more and been more compassionate. We just... We always do this in life. Humans, we're conditioned to do it from school and thingy. That's your problem, mate. Aye. That's your problem you deal with. You know, there's only some people that will go, the odd person, you know, that special person like Oswald that will go, Mr. Oswald or whatever that will go. Problem shares a problem half to me. That compassion and empathy. Mm. You know, we struggle to really get this empathy. So that's why I was asking that to say that it's just incredible how you've, it blows me away how you you manage to do that. Yeah. What I would always try to tell people as well is like, if you continue to go on gambling or drinking or whatever, life is constantly like that. Mm-hmm. But the minute that you truly try stop 
life as gradually as it is mm-hmm. is on that kind of upward like mm-hmm. say the day i stopped gambling the next day uh all i did was pay a pound back out of my 35 grand a debt well do you know what now i've got thirty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine. i've got yeah. a wee bit less debt but what actually happened for me was i got to people that i'd really let down like I, I had a couple of days where my pals were coming and picking me up. I was saying here, mate, can you come pick me up? And some of you will remember us now and they're like, aye, aye, no problem. Didn't, uh, how are we going somewhere? No, can you, can you just come get us? And I just pull in somewhere. I'd be like, look, here's what was going on. I'm going to try stop. I'm sorry. Like, thank you so much for just being there for me, for still inviting me out, for backing me up. Because I know that people would have been saying things about me and you backed me up. No, just whatever and I'll try to get better. That's all you can do, do you know what I mean? You, you can only apologise to people, be sincere about it right enough and try to get better. And uh, that was a massive step for me. And when I seen my pals, like, forgave me and my family and that as well, I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, fuck this, do you know what I mean? I can do this. Um, don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy. It was far from easy. But you get it in the end. I, I believe everybody can overcome it, I really do. I'd absolutely do as well. I think we can overcome anything. Aye. Humans can overcome any addiction, any promise you that Aye. i've recovered from about three <laughs> painkillers do you know what i mean from uh, from nonsense from gambling from painkillers from Aye. you know and it's all up here mate I, it is and that hope is always there it's realizing it's letting people know that for me this podcast is letting them see it in plain sight for what it is now and they'll they might watch this and go fucking hell the hope's right in front of me dangling i've just not took it i've just been swerving it Definitely. you know what i mean um i've just been swerving it it's been unbelievable it's, it's been amazing having you on I've, I've got one more question before you before you go and i want to do something with you to raise awareness with the gam talk side it was good getting you having the conversation between me and you today discussing it talking about it with two guys sitting like it should have been back then maybe with another addict back then um two guys just sitting talking about it Aye. two guys that have been through it nothing better than that no Let's make this for you guys that are listening and watching. You don't need to be a guy that's went through it. You just need to listen, educate yourself a wee bit and understand. So if your friend, and I know many of you watching now will have a friend or family or someone you know who's got this problem and they're hiding it. Even though they might be hiding it well, you probably know. We always do. You know, I know someone off the top of my mind who's who's struggling with gambling now. I know someone on the top of my mind who's struggling with cocaine now. You know? We all do, and and, and nights out, we've always got someone in our life at that problem going through it. We can choose to ignore it, like I used to do. I would ignore other people's problems, you know, like that, but what rock bottom taught me, and I don't think there ever is a rock bottom, you can always go further, you know, but what, you know, flipping my mindset taught me is to, to listen to someone, you know, to then go and educate myself, like Google, you know, like look up, what is this addiction? What is that? Like codeine addiction, for for instance, like Cocodamol or um, um, Oxycodone or something like that. You go like, okay, so what's this about? And then when you do talk to them, you can then just give them wee bits and say wee bits that then they go, no, this guy actually. No. This friend is actually, you know what I mean, wanting to know. Because I think that's going to go a long way as well for me. Because these are people we just surround ourselves with. And the more no. isolated we are, the more we can crawl in. You know, if we can open up a bit and go actually express ourselves and go actually, this is what I'm going through, boys. I mm. can't stop thinking about the bookies. Mm. I'm telling you guys, I can't stop thinking about it. Mm. I'm going there again tonight. You know? Aye. Then we, your mates can then have, family can have more of a, you know, or maybe 
we're hoping can have more of an impact on on helping people. That's what I want to do. But what I want to ask you, the last question is, what stops you? Why don't you, what stops you going and putting a bet on the day? Um, I just know that it would lead back to kind of getting down that spiral. Um, and I would lose kind of what I've got building up. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't have a, I think that I'll go the rest of my life and not gamble. I mean, the likelihood is I'll come to a time in my life that maybe I'll lose someday. Do you know what I mean? Maybe there'll be a death. Maybe something will happen where I'll maybe crumble. Might happen. But you've just got to be as kind of put as many boundaries in front of you as I can. And I'm always working on myself mentally as much as I can to just make sure that when tough times come, you're ready for it like I, I think that's so so important i spoke about it in a video before like getting that cold water i mean i was going through a wee thin layer of ice to get in that water it's shite i got in a sauna all the time and i stare until i'm literally about to drop just i know it sounds daft wee things like that but it's pushing yourself to that limit it's like any other muscle in your body like if you're going to pick something up if, if you try and do like weights and get up to it then you'll be able to lift a, a bit easier when tough times come if you're always taking it easy to out, I have a call shower every morning. I hate it, man. Hate it. But it's just wee things like that. When yeah. tough times come in your life, you're a wee bit more conditioned to you meet them head on. Yeah. So that's it. So when I'll just come or when that time comes that hopefully I'll be kind of strong enough to, to overcome it. Plus as well, just the things I've had to do with us, man, I've got massive, massive plans Brilliant. that um, I think I can achieve. Some will take longer than others, but that's fine. I'm in it for the long game. Do you know what I mean? I think we're all addicted to, to stuff. We all have our wee addictions. I think I'm addicted to helping people. And that's my thing now. I think it's about being addicted to something better than you than you <laughs> than what's ruining your life. Mm -hmm. I literally am addicted to it. You'll probably be addicted to Gam Talk, revising, studying, helping people, that feeling. You know, oh, yeah. It's very similar to gambling mm -hmm. for me. See when I help someone they turn their life around, see PT of someone and they get the results. I get that butterflies, I get that. Uh, made that decision didn't go out this week do you know all that kind of stuff amazing man amazing amazing story i want to thank you for coming on we will definitely do something Aye. um i'm organizing a charity event and i'd love to have you along if you could come along and speak to people um but we'll do something to really get the gam talk message along let's do Aye. that maybe a separate episode or mm -hmm. a youtube video on it and we could really do something um Football clubs, it needs to change in football, but it's everywhere. And let's not forget women as well. We talk mostly about men today. Women um, as well. Aye. Many online women gamblers. One that I'm in touch with, Aye. who it's the slots Aye. in the machines. Oh, yeah, right. I'm going to work like with Hibs women's team yeah. this year. So I'm always well, in touch on everything. We do not think, we, do, we maybe isolate that mm -hmm. women gamblers. We maybe don't give them... Nah the respect they deserve as well um so we need to that's maybe something that you can do in the future for sure but i want to thank you coming on i want to thank you guys for listening if anyone has any um issues with any any, any issues or you're scared you're getting addicted you know you're scared you could get addicted you, or you're in the thick of it now um please email in give paul myself a message give gam talk sorry or myself a message or plot gam talk um any websites they can go to mainly find me on instagram just gam talk and that's last gam talk um anything else website yet aye website so it's just gam talk uk.org 
hamtalkuk.org. Is there any kind of UK-based website apart from yourself that they could go on to as well? But for just different like things, Samaritans and stuff like that. I, I would always just kind of like recommend things like that to get your mentality sorted, and then you can go and try to get a wee bit of help from a doctor or something. Would be my opinion. I, I wish you all the best, man, and Stop, thanks man. for listening, guys. Some boy, cheers, on. cheers, thank you, mate. <laughs>